Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. are goofy okay 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 uh you can turn in your bibles over to first corinthians chapter nine uh we're gonna be there today as we were last week just cruising along here in in first corinthians before we get going though we we've got to pray a little bit here because um Man, oh man, I, listen, I, I always come and I want to be prepared and I want to do a really great job and I want to be able to, to say exactly what God wants me to say. But you want to know what? There are going to be things that I say that are just kind of like goofed up. Maybe you won't understand it or it'll be some dumb illustration or something like that. But thankfully, okay, is God can work through that. I'm so thankful for that, okay, that he just doesn't take, you don't have to be like a groomed speaker to preach God's word, okay? Um, but... We also have to want to hear God's word. And part of that is that we've got to pray. And we're going to take that time right now for you to just have a talk with Jesus. OK, and uh, and hopefully I mean, you can pray whatever you want because we won't know what you're praying. OK, uh, but my goal is, is that we'd be praying that we hear his voice. OK, and, and uh, believe me, I've said some goofy things before and it's turned out good. And there have been some times I've said some really like I thought profound things. <laughs> You know, and it didn't turn out so good. So uh, so we're just trusting Jesus to let that message sink into our hearts. So take a second and pray uh, before we move on here. Father, I pray uh, that today, this morning, we hear your voice in, in the songs, Father, in our fellowship, our time together. And as we open your word, Father, uh, we, we want to do right. We want to do good, Father, and, and we can be our own worst enemies. You know that. Uh, we just ask, please soften our hearts. Please keep Satan away. Uh, Father, we, we just want to know you more and more uh, that we can communicate that to the world, Father. And um, again, thank you. Thanks for your word that you give us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're trucking right on through 1 Corinthians, okay? And again, we're just going chapter by chapter. You'll get an idea of where we're going. I made a mistake last week because... I preached out of the entire chapter 9, and then I realized that I was only supposed to preach the first half. Um, but, you know, I got my homework done early, right? And so uh, this is still in 1 Corinthians 9, okay? So if you went home and you read 1 Corinthians 10 and you're just upset now because you read ahead, that's okay, okay? We will be getting into that. Uh, but we've been reading some fairly challenging things here that Paul is writing, okay? So Paul, man... Um, could you imagine if Paul walked in here right now and we just got to hang with him for like a month, month and a half? The Corinthians got to hang out with him for a year and a half. He was with them. He planted the church in Corinth, which is like if you picture Greece, all right, that's where he was. That's where this church was. And he lived there among uh, all of the people and leading the church for 18 months there. I mean, could you imagine just from what we've read so far? I mean, you have a guy who's essentially these last few chapters, he's saying, here's the essence of being a disciple is I'm willing to give up any freedom I have if it's going to help you get closer to Jesus. All right. That is so like opposite of what human beings, this is so opposite of what every part of who we are. It's just everything about that. We want to fight against that. And, and here's the deal. You don't have to be like an evil, bad person to fight against that. It's just a person, just people is one of the things we value the most is our freedom. Okay, except when Jesus calls people, he says, listen, you can come and you'll be completely free in me so that we can make our ourselves a slave to everyone. All right. And so this is really tough. My, hopefully uh, you're getting more than just what we're talking about on Sunday mornings. One of the most vital things is, is, you know, that I would encourage you to do is to be able to take 
a chapter and read through that chapter a couple times each and every day just to let it kind of sink in, just to get the idea of what's going on here, okay? So again, tough things. Uh, let me see where I'm at right here. Boom, boom, boom. So this was the one. We talked about this last week, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 22. Paul says, I've become all things to all people so that I might... I'm okay. I may by every possible means save some. Sometimes I just don't warm up my lips early, you know, and uh, that happens. So, um, but you get this right here. Paul says, I become all things to all men. Okay, here's what I would love to be able to do, and I understand we can't do it. I wish there was a way that we could kind of push a button in our, in our head somewhere and erase everything we've ever learned about Christianity ever. Because here's what ends up happening is Christianity is the story. It's the history of a lot of really well-meaning people who have been reacting to the previous generation, okay, or the previous like iteration of the church. It's kind of like, you did this, so we're going to do this. You did this, so we're going to do this. And it can be like really like great people. And we tend to like latch on to those people and say, those are the people I'm going to follow. Okay. And so again, as you've heard me share before, we see Christianity today as like a bunch of different teams, just like Paul talked about at the beginning, right? In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, here's what's wrong with you guys. You guys are saying, I follow Paul, and some of you say, I follow Apollos, and some of you say, I follow Cephas. It's the same today, where it's like, no, 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 I follow Calvin, and I follow Luther, and I follow the Catholic Church, and I follow the Baptist Church, and, and you know, all of these different things, instead of going, if we were to erase everything and just read this like brand new, it would absolutely blow our mind. Here, here's one of the reasons why. It's because there have been some really goofy, weird things in church too, right? I mean, we, Christianity has got the corner, like the market cornered on sometimes goofiness and weirdness and strangeness, okay? And we have to like unlearn that to hear what they're talking about. Because Paul is leaving us an example here and he's saying, no, as a disciple, I absolutely will become all things to all men for the simple, just to save some, all right? He's willing to give up his freedom. He's willing to do all these things. And when we start talking about people helping people become Christians, all of a sudden, man, it doesn't matter what church background you come from, there's something that's popping up in your head that you're going, oh, no, 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 I don't like this. They used to do it that way. You know, this is all about, unfortunately, you want to know what? I mean, I think that what can happen um, in our case, oftentimes, is when we talk about helping people become disciples, it's just about like a numbers game, right? It's just about how many people. But here's the interesting thing is Paul isn't talking about making members. All right. Have you ever noticed that? Like when you read the different churches, Paul didn't keep a tally. You know, he didn't keep his statistics on there. Isn't that amazing? You're like, well, how come? Because he's making disciples not members. The goal wasn't just how many more people we could fill in the synagogue or how many more people we could fill in, but actually that I may save some, meaning that I can make disciples, people who are dying to themselves and living for Jesus, okay? This is the heart of Paul. I love this. In Acts chapter 26, Paul was arrested, okay? He was in front of Agrippa, and this is what King Agrippa said to Paul. He said, are you going to persuade me to become a Christian so easily? And this is what Paul says. He says, I wish before God that whether easy or difficult, not only you, but all who listen to me today might become as I am, except for these chains. We're getting a little glimpse into Paul's mind. And, and here's one of the things I would just encourage us not to do, to think, well, that was Paul. He was supposed to do that. Right. No, it's not true. All right. Because if that was true, if, if really... It was just the apostles that got it. We would not be here right now. All right. There's no way we can make that argument of God just is telling the apostles to go make disciples. The church wouldn't exist today because the apostles don't exist today. All right. There wouldn't be anything passed on. This is a challenging attitude right here. Don't you think he, he for, for Paul to go, man, I'm looking around the room and I'm going, not just me. I want everyone to be just like me. I want everyone to be a disciple. I want everyone except he's in chains. He's a prisoner. All right, this is the heart of the man that we're reading about here, okay? Simple, simple, simple. Matthew 4, 19. If there's ever kind of like 
the zip file of the New Testament, okay? Do they have zip files anymore? Or is that like back in like Windows 3.1 and, you know, all that kind of stuff? <laughs> right? Do they do that still? Okay, good. They are zipping things still. Okay, good, good, good. Sometimes I say things technologically, you know, and I'm like, man, I got to go and confess on MySpace and I'm okay after that. So, um, but, but here's the simple thing, Matthew 4.19. Um, we got to remember who's the dude we're following. Because uh, again, if we were to erase everything in our brains, we would probably realize, oh man, we've been conditioned to call ourselves Christian and have no idea of who we're actually following. But here he is right here. And this is what he said, like right off the bat, super simple. So this is what it is. He just says, hey, come here, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Okay, now he, here's the deal. You're going, I don't like fish. I don't like fishermen. I don't like those things. He's talking to a fisherman. This is an illustration he's trying to get across to him. If he was talking to an engineer, he might say a different illustration. If he was talking to a firefighter, he might do, you know. But so don't get caught up in the fishing part of it. Other, he's saying, here's the deal. Follow me and I'm going to make you, I'm going to turn you into somebody who will help people become like me. All right, it's, it's this simple right here. This is a very concise definition of, well, who is a disciple? Somebody following Jesus and being transformed into his mission, into helping people become disciples, into a disciple maker, right? And so, again, just very simply, what I'm going to ask everybody to do is go, man, I don't know. Um, this doesn't seem right to me. This seems like it's asking too much. Like, aren't we just saved by grace through faith, right? I mean, it's just like I accepted him. That's enough, right? Except Jesus is saying, no, I, to follow me, this is like what you do. Okay, we, right now you might hit, have to hit the reset button in your brain. Because you're going, oh, no, 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 no. And you hear word. Here's the other thing we do is, is, is we kind of take things and we start throwing them around. No, 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 you can't do this because you're not saved by works. What, what about that is like earning your salvation? What about that is? All right, here's what me and you have in common, okay? When Jesus comes calling, we are going to try to find every way possible to stay owning ourselves and justifying it spiritually, okay? It's like, man, I really want to follow Jesus because I really don't want to go to hell, all right? But man, I'm going to fight to the end what, I, what that looks like, okay? He says this. This is part of it is making, helping people become disciples. This is what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 9. I'll become all things to all men. I'm willing to do this. I'm whatever it's going to take to help out, okay? And oftentimes we miss this part out as church communities. Because here's the deal is, this is so intimidating. This is so intimidating to go, oh, okay, well now what do I do, right? I mean, I'm sure like lots of churches say it. But are we like actually like helping one another do this? Like where it's actively happening, being fishers of men, okay? But it's, it's super intimidating. And I want you to remember who we're following though, okay? Because this is kind of what happens, okay? We can, we can think in our brain, and, and Royce, you brought this up, I thought it was really, really great, is sometimes we can have this idea in our brain of Jesus, and he's like, the guy yelling at us to love people more. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the guy, you ever been around somebody and they're kind of nervous and you yell, don't be nervous? <laughs> don't be nervous! You're like, relax, man! You're like, golly, I can't do it. We picture Jesus like, come on, go make disciples! You know, I don't even like you! Right? And we have to go, hold up a minute here. We've got to go back because right here is one of the most, like, treasured honors we have on this earth is to be used and partner with Jesus. For him to say, you guys, with all your flaws, you're going to be my ambassador to the world. Okay? Like, this is such an incredible honor. But we, again, we have to hit the reset button in our head because you're going, oh, man, I'm picturing, like, really uncomfortable things. I'm picturing, like, am I going to have, like, just knocking on doors? Am I talking about all these kind of things? And I'm just going, hold, just hold on a minute. All right? Because, again, every part of us is going, I, this is not... No, 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 no. Let me fight against that. And this may be the very thing that we're missing. And I don't know about you, that you may be missing in Christianity. And you're thinking, Christianity is boring. Like going to church is boring. For real. I mean, I know I, I love coming here. I love seeing my brothers and sisters. I love, hang, I love people coming in and all those kind of things. But you really can't like say, the most exciting place you'll be on, is right here, you know, because our point isn't to come here because it's exciting. 
because we're on a mission. If you're not on that mission, then this is really boring. This is really boring. Or you're sitting there going, okay, what's he going to tell me to make me feel better about myself? Right? Like, like one of the mottos of church these days is I want to find a church that feeds me. Okay? This is food. Okay? It's not like you just go, big. this is the food that's getting. So, but a lot of times we're like, okay, just kind of sitting here instead of going, hold on a minute. We are like this group of people that right here, man, we are getting ready to go out. All right. And wherever you go, I don't know where you work. You're the you lead that ministry where you work. All right. Whether you're at coffee shops, wherever you are, you are the ambassador for Christ. All right. And so this is the thing right here. It's intimidating. But we want to remember. Here's the thing. Could you imagine if Jesus had this conversation with you personally? He's like, hey, come here, follow me. I mean, he got guys to leave their profession. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's not like he had to have been like that intimidating okay but he's like hey come on follow me but we don't know how to do this don't i'll make you a fisherman right he's not saying you have to have some kind of like talent he's like no no, that's my job you just come and follow me well what do we do when we follow you just watch me see that's the first way you learn right is you just follow around you go man what's he doing how's jesus talking to people and how's he not that i like mimic jesus but i'm going man he kind of talks to people and he loves people and he's really warm and outgoing and man he seems like a pretty cool guy and he's going yeah yeah yeah. see following me right now the first stage is like just watch what i'm doing okay the our equivalent of that is hey get in your bible and read the gospels right is is follow him but every point of my day i am this intern i am this guy who's just like i'm following jesus around what are you doing what would you have me do okay and i'm going to tell you this that makes the day interesting it really really does because it's not this idea of oh i have to go produce something it's this idea of man can i can i be used by god like that that's the really exciting thing okay um and 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 again i think that it's just so easy to get kind of bored and we miss the point we're oftentimes Christianity is portrayed as, you know, just kind of try to do good stuff or, or vice versa, don't do bad stuff, okay? Right here at the end of his, just to kind of highlight that point, that one, of the, one of the things that he said as he was kind of closing up his ministry here, although he wasn't done completely, he says this, he said, hey, go and make disciples of all nations, all right? As he's, he's telling his followers, this is what me and you, this is what we signed up for. This is, this is where it's at. This is where it's exciting, okay? The, the hardest part about this, though, I feel like for us as people is that this requires a conversation that goes a little bit below superficial. That, that's the hardest part. How do we make that transition from, you know, my favorite football team, what I'm going to eat for lunch, what I'm going to, you know, how do I make that transition to... Talk to me about what's going on spiritually. Okay. Like that's a, that right there is kind of the hardest part because here's what's crazy. It's amazing. And, and some of us have done this. We've had this happen where somebody has just kind of asked one question and we've just like vomited on them. Just like we're ready to talk, but we didn't know what to say. You know, somebody says, Hey man, how you doing? What are you, you know, how are things going spiritually? Oh man, I need to talk to you. Okay. It's like just opening the door to that, but he's saying, go and do this. Go make disciples. Don't make members. Here's the tough thing. Here's what ends up happening is I think oftentimes we want churches with lots of people in them. And so it's one of those things where it's like, come on, come on, let's go. Accept him. Do whatever you need to do. We're going to make you a member here. We're going to call you Christian. Except here's the problem. When we do that, then it becomes really difficult to come back and say, oh, well, let me teach you now that you have to follow Jesus. you, You already told me I was Christian. Like you made me a Christian member but not a disciple, right? Because we weren't on the same page with Jesus. We were just like, oh man, I just got, yeah, I'm going to accept him. Yeah, I don't want to go to hell. Absolutely sign me up. And then I go to church the next Sunday, right? And it's like, what, what's he talking about? I got to do, he doesn't know what he's talking about, right? I'm already Christian. You see how difficult that is when we, when we begin as a church affirming somebody in something that they're not. Because then it becomes really difficult to walk that back and say, oh yeah, by the way, you're supposed to be a disciple. Okay, that's really, really tough. That's a tough thing to do here. Okay, this is honestly kind of a broad brush in Christianity in general. This is what we've been taught. We've been taught to accept him. We try to be good, go to church when it's convenient, and go to heaven when you die. All right, 
If this was, if this was your obituary, people would go, praise God, he's in a better place. All right? That, that's really what would happen because this is what we've been trained over and over again. And here's the deal is, is I have been in ministry long enough to be tempted by all kinds of things. And one of the things that you can be most tempted by is how can I like say things that more people will come to hear me? And then, and then when more people come to hear me, let's not make it too challenging because then they'll leave. All right. And then it gets really messy. And so you're doing this and going, oh, most church leaders do. I'm telling you, every church leader is, is tempted by that. Every single one. All right. And so here's the deal is, is, is as time goes on, you, we start getting into this Christian faith where it's just like we've stopped any kind of challenge. We've stopped any kind of relationship. We've stopped because because preachers and teachers are so scared that people are going to leave. See, here's the thing about disciple-making. Disciple-making isn't about adding people. Sometimes disciple-making is about losing people. All right, that's what we're talking about. It's not, it is not like, man, I'm good when things are like huge and I'm bad when things are down. It's like, this is the ministry of Jesus. Let's be on the same page here. And there will be people that say, I don't want that. Okay? But we have to be able to, like, this is what we have to learn to do. This is what Paul was doing consistently here. Okay? Oftentimes we think this. Man, well, disciple making is optional. It's like you, you go from, like, the minors to the majors in Christianity if you make a disciple. Okay? It's like, yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm a bench player. I gotta, I'm six man. You know, I'm whatever, kind of sitting on the bench over here. But it's cool because my team is awesome. But here's the interesting thing is, is there isn't any part of Jesus' ministry that he says is optional. In, in fact, he says that every one of us, and sometimes here's the crazy thing is, one of the greatest kind of benefits we have from one another is, is, is sometimes we see the worst in ourselves most clearly. And we need brothers and sisters in our lives to go, God didn't make a mistake when he made you an ambassador. He didn't mess up. He, he didn't look at you and go, man, okay, we're getting to the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we better let this guy in. Like, Jacob, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> See, Jacob and Anna Claire is perfect line of fire. But no, it's, but, but here's the deal is, is we need to remind each other because here's sometimes the truth of the matter is, is our, our mental kind of communication to ourselves is that he messed up with you. And, and he, something's wrong because you can't be like other people. And he somehow he's made this mistake. And we have to help each other going, he didn't make a mistake. He, he didn't make a mistake at all. In fact, you're absolutely perfect. You're perfect for what he has you for. Because there are people that you are going to, you're going to make up the difference. You're going to meet people and connect like that. Okay, and so we need each other. We've got to help each other with this, okay? Because this isn't, making disciples just isn't optional. You're going, some of you are going, man, what do we pay you for? <laughs> like, what do I give my money for to this church? For you to tell us to go do your job? No, 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 no. Here, here's the deal. It's all, it really, really, really needs to, okay? Because here's the deal, man, you can't do it. Traditional Christianity is just like to do it up front, like get everybody whipped into a frenzy and have all, nuh-uh. Man, if it's truly going to be relational, you know what's interesting? Almost like the vast majority of people I talk to and I'll ask them, like, what is your like optimal like Christian experience? And they're like family. Right. People who are close, people who know me intimately and I know them intimately. OK, and that's what we say oftentimes. I'm talking about just in, at large. But when it comes down to, OK, let's do it. You're like, oh, I, I didn't, did I say family? I'm going to be the uncle that went on vacation for a while, you know? Did I say family? Right? But this is the part of it is, 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 is not our, like, ability to preach some, like, perfect message or, like, pontificate, like, come over here and I'll make you a disciple and, and I'd spend two hours telling you all the things you need to do. It's like, hey, come on and be a part of my family. Come and see what I do in my life, okay? Because, hey, if we're not modeling it, boy, we, you're done right there, Okay? If we're not modeling it, and so that's the thing is you bring people in so they can see the, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, what you do when you mess up, what you, you know, and that's what, this is what Jesus did. He's like, hey, come on over, watch, watch what I'm doing, watch how I'm doing it, okay? This is the one that kind of just sits on me in a really heavy way, all right? Because again, 
I've had a shift, I think, over the past like five years or so where um, as I've preached, I've oftentimes preached and I thought, okay, we need to really make sure we're penetrating out into our community to bring people in who don't know Jesus to help them become Christians. And I'm learning something that the truth of the matter is, is there's a lot of people who sit in churches who say they're Christians that aren't Christians. And this is what I mean by this, because Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's petrifying, because that's exactly what we tell churches to do. All right? How do you know you're a Christian? I accept Jesus as Lord. And we have Jesus here, and he's going, hold on a minute. Not everyone. In fact, he says, only the one who does my will, of, of the will of the Father in heaven, he says, on that day there will be many people say this. Say, they're going to say, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name? You know, didn't we do miracles in your name? Okay, they had experiences with Jesus and the Holy Spirit that most of us have never had. All right, that most of us, if we prophesied, if we drove out a demon, if we performed a miracle, you'd pretty much go, I've punched my ticket. Okay, I mean, I think that would be fair to say. You're like, what are you going to say about the dude that did the miracle? He said, you don't understand what a disciple is. See, God will, can and will use every single person for his will. But we can't say just because, well, man, no, he has used me in my life, so that must be I'm okay. He says, no, no, no. A disciple isn't someone who says, Lord, Lord. A disciple is somebody who says, man, I want to do the will of my Father in heaven. I want what he wants. Okay? And that, again, oftentimes we can sit here and go, nobody told me this. Like, like you think back. Think back to when you became a Christian, okay? Did anybody talk to you about this? Did anybody tell you, like, hold up a minute. And, you know, if you're just, just, you know, accepting Jesus and all this kind of stuff, you know there's it's not what it's about, right? It's Jesus addressed our predominant doctrine clearly right here, okay? This is kind of heavy, okay? But here's the deal is, we won't do it unless somebody's done it with us. This is how it happens, okay? We really aren't in many regards, going to go out and be a disciple maker if somebody hasn't poured into us that way and walked us through, okay? So here's the great thing, is we have a church that we can get help, but you may be, may be able to start like a generational thing, which is what we're supposed to do, is to help people who help people who help people become disciples, all right? You, you see how that works that way, okay? Is, but you, you have to remember, some of us do remember that, Here's one of the things I will say is we're not talking about making something programmatic. Unfortunately, I think what we do as human beings is we not only want to grasp onto a personality and say that's the person who's awesome and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be next to them and follow them wherever they go. Not only do that with personalities, but we do that with tools and resources. So we take, we're like, Keith, can you just put down 20 verses that I can have and I can just like read a script to people? Like, how do you think that's going to work? I mean, could you imagine like Jesus is like, hey, come on, T, let's go and make some disciples. And Tyler's going, okay, I got some cheat sheets. He's got it written on his own. <laughs> Follow me. He'll make you a fisher of men. You know, you're just like, do you believe that? Okay, but we, we love that. We love study series and all these things to go, man, if I just knew these things, okay, except following Jesus is about understanding what he's doing and why he's doing it. All right. It's being able to like plug into people's lives. OK, and we got to learn how to do this. In Philippians 2, this is Paul again. And he's saying, man, if there's any encouragement, he's telling this to the church, any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, any fellowship with the spirit, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way. Have the same love, share the same feelings, focus on one goal. All right. There's one goal that will matter. When Jesus comes back, the goal will be how many did, are people saved or not? That's it. Nothing else will matter. Paychecks, degrees, nothing, nothing, nothing will matter. OK, but he said this is the goal of the church. This is what we're coming together. Think alike, like get on the same page with these things. OK, and again, we kind of start through this. And I want you to ask yourself, did anybody sit down with you? And say, hey, you want to know what you so you want to follow Jesus? That's great. Can we agree on God's word? And I don't mean agree. I mean this idea of going, no, no, no. See, here's the deal is, can we agree that this is going to be our standard? Yeah. 
Here's what's great about that, okay? If me and Lucas are getting together and I'm the standard, that's going to be problems, right? That's going to be problems. But when we can go, hold on a minute. So, so when we bring out verses, it's not Tyler and me against each other. We're searching out what God wants here, that we believe this to be true, okay? Some people say, well, do you believe the Bible's literally true? Okay, here's the answer to that, okay, is do you read every book you take from the library literally? No matter what, right? You, kids, right, you go, get, you, you go get some, you know, Shel Silverstein or something, you get some Dr. Seuss, you're like, no, kids, it's literal green eggs and ham, you know? It's ridiculous. Why would we do that with the Bible? Why don't we read the Bible at face value? What do I mean by that? Well, there's some books that are just poetry. Why would I read it like history? All right. There's books that are history. Why would I read it as symbolism and poetry? Right. It's going, hey, whatever the book is, let's read it that way. Okay. so, you know, we got to adjust just a little bit here. But oftentimes this conversation has never happened. So how can we have this? How can any church have this? It's, it's impossible. It's been stopped at that moment right there because we haven't had a conversation of going, how do we read this? OK, and it isn't. Here's the deal is this isn't like, well, hey, all kinds of people, every church uses the Bible. OK, but but here's the crazy thing. OK, they train us in a weird way. They train ministers in a weird way. It's like, OK, well, which church do you want to be a part of? Well, I want to be a part of the Baptist church. OK, you're going to go to a school that's going to tell you how to read the Bible like a Baptist. And, and you're going to go to school on how to read the Bible like a Catholic. And, how, and that's where you get all of the justifications for everything. And you know what each church does? They're going, that church wrong. You know, or they go back and go, no, everyone's right. Go, man, that is so confusing. This is the most confusing book in the world. If every, there's 10,000 different teachings of Christianity in America today. 10,000. Are they all right? This is where we learn how to read it. OK, remember a text taken out of context is a pretext okay what does that mean all right there's a lot of texting in there okay that's for the kids right there okay i mean you're texting you know you don't have to pay you know just saying but listen everyone can do this it's going let me take this out of con and make it say what i want to say and that's just a justification okay that's why what we have to challenge each other to do is to go hold up a minute what did it mean to the original hearers that gets us out of it because we can't go into the Bible and say, well, you know, God so loved the world that, that if all you have to do is believe in him and you get eternal life. All right. If we were to go back to the first century and go, here's how you get saved. They'd go, no, it's not. That's an awesome verse, but it's not. That's a wonderful verse, but it's not. But we hear it. And we go, no, but churches teach that today. All right. We've got to get us out of it and go back. What did they hear first? What was in their ears? And listen, let me tell you, they didn't know Martin Luther. They didn't know John Calvin. They didn't know Billy Graham. And I know that is like blasphemy. That is the worst. That, seriously, I can say things I've learned about Jesus that are completely untrue. But if I say something about like some of our heroes, it's like the fight is on. And I'm like, listen, I'm a guy, but so's he. Okay. And so we've got to, we can't go, but, but this teacher told me this. Because in America, we do have the ability to have more Bibles than anyone in the whole world. Okay? You can look at the Greek. You can look at the Hebrew. You can look at all these things. I mean, every translation in the world. Really, the truth of the matter is there's no way that Jesus could come back and us go, we didn't know what you meant. <laughs> My preacher stunk. <laughs> okay? You're laughing because you're thinking that? Shame on you, okay? <laughs> Listen, repent now. That's what I'm going to say, Okay? Like a doormat. <laughs> but so these are the conversations, okay? Here's the internet. I brought this. This was a Bible I got when I got baptized, um, like back in 1997. And um, this was one of my favorite things right here. These are, these are the kind of things, because I have all these notes as a young Christian in here. And these are the kind of things, if I'm going to leave anything to my kids, it's going to be something like this. You know, where they can go, hey, man, oh, we see all this stuff, all the dad's notes. But as a young Christian... Here's one of the things that I would do constantly because I was like, I got I know that I'm a disciple maker. OK, is right back here. I would just write down everything I could think of. OK, so 
So again, sometimes I like cheat a little bit, you know. Some of you go, hey man, what about the kingdom of God? And I go, okay, well turn over to Daniel chapter 3. You know, they didn't know I had notes right there, right? No. But, but, but the thing about this is I was like, I need to be equipped to help people. All right? And I didn't, when I was baptized, I didn't just automatically get like washed with all the knowledge of the Bible. Okay? But I was like, if I'm going to help people, I can't wait for somebody else to, to, to hold my hand. I've got to go, hold on a minute. There are certain things that, that if we're going to have one goal, let's talk about. All right? And, and one of the first and most basic things is can we agree on the Word of God? Can we agree on that? Okay? Jesus says it here. I, I love this. Uh, if anyone hears my words and doesn't keep them, I don't judge him. Yes, that's great. For I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and doesn't accept my sayings has this as his judge. The word I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own, but the father himself who sent me has given me a command as to what I should say and what I should speak. Jesus is saying, my own father has told me what to say. And, and, and Jesus, this is cool. Jesus is going, I'm coming down here. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm trying to save you, but these words coming out of my mouth, like these are the things that there's going to be accountability for because I'm being very clear about them, okay? Just getting on the same page with that. Getting on the same page with this, what is a disciple even? What is that today? You know, you ask somebody, what's Christian? What's a Christian today? Wow, man, hardly anybody knows like to go somewhere in the Bible and that, see how that's problematic because if we're having one goal, but we don't know who we are. That's a problem. All right. And so here's the deal is, is, is if Abby comes, she's like, no, I really want to. I don't know. I've been going to church, but I really want to be a disciple. A disciple maker is going to go, OK, well, let's talk about this. Well, how long does it take? I don't know. It might take no time at all. It might take some time to work through. All right. There's not this thing of going, no, you have to attend seven, you know, hour long classes. And then we'll give you this because here's what we're not doing. We're not trying to have a test at the end. We're talking about transformation. OK, that's what we're talking about here. Okay. If anyone wants to come to me, he must deny himself, uh, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. Did you have that talk when you wanted to become a disciple? Did you know that was the expectation? Did somebody tell you, do you understand this decision that you're going to make means that you have to die to you? That means you die to, to your dreams, your desire. And it sounds like a downer, like Dudley Downer, right? But he's saying because there's better. If you lose your life, you will save it in him. It's greater. We're talking about the kingdom of God, okay? The greatest place you could ever possibly think of being. And he said, but you have to die to here. Did somebody have that talk? Because again, we can't have one goal if we haven't had that talk. And we aren't, and not just in agreement, but we're going, oh, yeah, wow, I didn't know that. Because do you understand, if we have all different kind of views on this, all of a sudden you, you don't have one goal, you have 75 different goals. That's right. You have 75 different convictions. You have 75 different ideas. You have 75 different kinds of things going on, right? What about this? Did, did you learn about this? We, see, part of it being having one goal is that we know what sin is. There, there's a number of lists in the Bible, too, by the way. Let me make it just very simple, and it's going to all make us probably, hopefully feel maybe a little closer, but a little worse, too. Okay? It is, is sin, because, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, just for me, um, I kind of feel like I could make it through a day, you know, minimal sin to zero, and, you know, I have a really good day. Anything that isn't what Jesus would do, say, or think is sin. <laughs> okay, you've missed the mark. Okay, and you're going, dang, I thought it was just don't murder people. <laughs> I had murdered someone 10 years, you know? <laughs> like I'm on the wagon, the murder wagon, you know? But it's, here's the deal is, is, is we've got to go, hold on a minute. So anything Jesus wouldn't say, think, or do is sin. That puts us in the level of humility right there. Because I'm telling you, and again, it's this idea of grace and experiencing God's grace. We can't experience God's grace if we don't think we need it that much. And I'm thinking, man, every breath, every word, every, I need God to go, listen, man, let me, you, you weren't exactly like Jesus here. 
But this idea of what, what is sin, you know, we talk about the big ones. I don't know if I put a slide up for some of these. Yeah, 2 Timothy 3. Can we agree on these things? Did somebody, do, do we have an agreement on this that, that Paul says difficult times will come in the last day. People will be lovers of themselves, okay? Do we do that? Do we live in that world? You don't have to turn yourself in. But the person sitting next to you, they're like this, right? <laughs> they're lovers of themselves. They're selfish. Okay, but here's the deal is, is, is how many times has somebody gone, dude, you're just, you're selfish. That's sin. Like, I have to have that talk often, not to people, to me. Okay, yes, I am completely unqualified for what I'm doing. Okay, is I have to have people come in and go, dude, you are being selfish. Well, what's the big deal? I'm not killing someone. I'm not getting drunk. I'm not having sex out of marriage. I'm not being immoral, but you're being selfish. What's the big deal? Didn't we agree? Didn't we agree by reading the Bible that that's not righteousness? Lovers of money. See, these are things he missed the mark with us, didn't he? He's going, Paul had no idea of people, but he said, lovers of money, boastful, proud. Okay, let's stop there for a second. All right, any, anybody, can you exclude yourself from that club? All right. You're going, man, I thought Chris was going to raise her hand. <laughs> Chris was like, me? <laughs> I'm praying for y'all. <laughs> it's like, I'm glad I brought this up. I mastered, you know, humility just last night. <laughs> but here's the deal is, is sometimes it is. It's kind of giddy and laughy and all that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is there is anything that destroys kind of like the fabric of who I am as a disciple, like pride. Like thinking of me more than anyone else, thinking I'm superior or trying to become superior to people, right? Is those are the kind of things that just slowly erode like the fabric of my heart over time. It is that, right? And it goes on. Ungrateful, without self-control, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I mean, these are the things, quite honestly, if you want to follow Jesus, this would be good to know on the front end, right? Right? I mean, wouldn't it be good to know? You're going, oh man, are you kidding me? No one told me, you know, no one told me being conceited was a sin. And the point isn't that the police are after you, like the, the church police are after you. It's this idea of going, if we're going to have one goal, we've got to be on the same page, not with me as a church leader or my family group leader or something like that, but we're going to the word of God and saying, this is what he's teaching. Like, we've got to be on the same page about that. This is where we're going to help each other. Okay. Second Corinthians seven. Um, let, let's turn there because there was too much to put on the slide. This is my favorite. You, you talk about repentance because we talked about sin. Um, and, and here's the deal. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, inevitably, in the last five minutes, we have all like, we've missed the mark in some way. But there are times we really miss the mark too. All right, there's all kinds of like these levels of like, I don't even know I did anything wrong to I'm pursuing evil, I'm pursuing doing something wrong. There's all of these kind of things. And we fall. We have those. I, I have those. I, I, I can tell you, man, some of the most like deeply devastating things in my life have been when I've been sexually immoral or I've lied or something like that. And you try to like keep it all secret and hidden, right? Because you go, oh man, this is, you could never get past this, right? People wouldn't respect you. People, your brothers and sisters won't like you anymore. They're going to think that you're really not that good. They're going to think, and this chapter, this right here we're about to read, 2 Corinthians 7, is what is so helpful to me, okay? Um, so we're going to start on verse 8, and Paul is talking about his previous letter. We're reading it, 1 Corinthians, okay? And he says this, even if I grieved you with my letter, I don't regret it. Although I did regret it since I saw the letter grieved you only for a little while. Now I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because, uh, but because your grief led to repentance. For, we, for you grieved as God willed so that you didn't experience any loss from us. For godly grief produces repentance not to be regretted and leading to salvation. But worldly grief produces death, okay? There's two types of grief, okay? Sometimes you go, man, I just feel bad. That's forgiveness right there. No, no, there's two. There's being sorry because you've been caught, all right, been there and done that, okay? I wouldn't have been sorry, but I got caught. 
You know, kids do this. Kids are great at this, you know. Okay, tell your brother you're sorry. Okay, sorry. And, and you wouldn't have if you didn't get caught, right? Um, but godly sorrow is going, hold on a minute. Let me get on the front end of this, and, and let me take accountability for my life, for the sin in my life, for the decision I'm making in my life, and let me get that out into the light. All right? I, I want help, okay? And it's going to describe this here um, in verse 10. Godly grief produces repentance not to be regretted, and leading to salvation, but worldly grief produces death. Consider how much diligence this very thing, this grieving is God's will, has produced in you. So he's going to say there's something that gets produced when our grief is godly, leading us towards repentance. Um, A desire to clear yourself, indignation, fear, deep longing, zeal, justice, in every way you showed yourself to be pure in this matter. That is awesome right there. All right. So let's like expand this to like an illustration that's kind of like one that we can stand back and look at. Okay, is this idea of you go to like 7-Eleven or something like that and you steal something. Right. You steal something, you leave and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is I can't believe I did this. I stole like all these things and I'm going to go back because I'm not waiting to get caught. I'm going back and I'm going right here. I, I took these. All right. And he's saying, see, that's godly grief because you're so concerned right here. You, you want to see justice done. You're like, I'm, I did wrong. This isn't a you problem. This is a me problem. Like, I want to be above reproach. I'm indignant about this. Like, I can't let this be this way. Like, this has to change. Here, can I give this back to you? So, some of you guys even know the story of our brother in Christ in South Florida, who, as he was studying the Bible, become a disciple, had confessed he had been a part of a murder. All right. And he didn't actually murder somebody. He was with the guy. He took care of the guy's kids while his buddy murdered the dad. Okay, that that's that was his thing. And he did it up in the Carolinas. And he said, man, gosh, I don't know. He, he's saying I did this. I did this like 10, 15 years ago. I don't even know. And, and it, what, what do you think you should do? He goes, I think we should drive up to Carolina. I turn myself in. Right. And so the guy became a disciple. And the brothers got in the car and they drove on up and they went to the judge and they say, you remember this case? And no one will believe him. Because they're like, you, you wouldn't come back if you did this. Like, can you imagine that? Somebody not believing you? You're like, no, I'm trying to confess. He's like, no, 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 you couldn't have done that. He's like, I'm telling you, I did. Like, take me in. All right. And here's the thing is, it was this idea of this is what I did. This is what I need to be accountable for. Right. I need to come here because I want to repent. I want to change the way I think about these things. And I want to change, not that I make up for it. This isn't penance. This is a change in the way we think, right? And he's saying, so he was so longing to see justice done. He's like, whatever you have to do to me, I'm okay. All right. And he did. He went in front of the judge and the judge sentenced him. Okay. And actually the family members got to come and the family members of the victims were saying, hey, be lenient on him because he came forward. Okay, he did have to serve, though. All right. He's out of jail now. But that's really what we're talking about on a large scale is the idea of, no, I'm not waiting to be caught. I'm like, here it is. And I I know things have to happen. But what can't happen is my heart to be broken and hardened for Christ. Okay, And, and this is the thing is, if we don't have this talk when people want to become disciples, how can they succeed as disciples? Right. What we end up doing is say, oh, no, no, now you're a Christian and now you're just like struggling in this cycle of sin. And then you don't think, man, I'm I'm horrible. I really can't tell anyone. These are the things to have one goal we've got to be together on. What's the church really quickly here? This is the big one, right? It's oftentimes to go, well, church is church. This is what we're doing right here is church. Okay. if you've been around Christianity enough, you know, a different answer. You go, no, the church isn't a building. It's the people. Yes, that's awesome. But that costs something. Right. Because the church is is the people as one body together, working together as a team. You look around. No one. Everyone is built to be together. OK, so when we meet, it isn't like, OK, let's take attendance to who's here. It's this idea of no, the body's coming together because as we go out, we're going to be helping one another as a community. Right. Good thing to know before you start following Jesus. Right. Because if you start following Jesus and somebody's like, hey, dude, where were you on Sunday? <laughs> where, where'd you go? Why? Why would I come Sunday? Hey, where have you been for two or three weeks, four weeks, five weeks? Where you been? Why? Dude, you're in the church. Who says? <laughs> right? 
And there's tons. This is one, 1 Corinthians 12. You can go look at that. How do I enter God's kingdom? Jesus said to Nicodemus, the best, John 3, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. You have to be born of water and the Spirit. It's that simple. We miss it. John 3, we miss. We got to read way earlier. He's telling Nicodemus, who's a Pharisee, he's like, dude, you're awesome, but you got to be born of water and spirit. Okay. Well, what the heck is he talking about here? Okay. Is he's talking about exactly what Peter preached to the people is repent and be baptized. But, but why are you telling me to do that? Did, did, here's the other thing is, did anybody stop and go, dude, you know, baptism isn't this symbolic traditional thing. It's like, did, are you repenting of what? Making Jesus Lord? Did, did anybody tell you that before? Okay. Or, or is it just a bath? The water's not magic. Okay. But these are the kind of things we look at and go, hold on a minute, repent, we need to know this stuff. Why? So we can be baptized, each and every one of you, into the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And what happens? You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, is doing all the work. Okay? That's a passive right there. It's like, oh, well, baptism's a work. No, it says be baptized. Okay? You're, you're allowing something to happen to you. So don't, any of y'all that have gotten baptized and you think you did it, and now you're like, I'm awesome because I did it. Okay? Just stop. That's not what that's about, okay? But that's really it. We need to be on the same page. These talks, they're tough. You've got to get down to a lower level. Finally is this. What is discipleship? These are just the things. Uh, my hope is, is that you have something in your Bibles that you're just like, hey, man, I can sit down and start meeting people where they are. Right? We can have conversations. We can have coffee. We can talk about things. We can talk about things honestly and with humility. Um, but these are the things I know where to go. What is discipleship? Right? It's just the practical day-to-day learning, living in transformation as a student of Jesus. Day-to-day. 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 Learning, living, transformation as a student together. Okay? And going all the way back to verse 19 of chapter 4, Matthew 4, 19. Right? It's all right there. All of this is right there. Everything we talked about is right there. Follow me. Well, I need to know his word. I need to know what he's talking about with sin. I need to talk about, like, this is getting to know Jesus, and this is how we help each other go, hey, before you make this step, let's get on the same page, not with us, but with Jesus. Okay, let's get on the same page. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC. 